Hello and welcome to the Nature Unplugged podcast, where we are all about cultivating consciousness in the digital age. Let's get going. Podcast. This is Sebastian Sloven, and I'm very excited to have with me today uh, Dr. Mark Kalina. It's nice to be here, Seb. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you. Good to have you. This is exciting because this is our first interview on the Nature Unplugged podcast, so that's that's really cool. And uh, I'll let you share about yourself, but I just want to say that I've known you for quite some time now. We've worked together, and I think you're one of the best humans I know, and uh, uh, an amazing doctor. And I'm excited to chat about the role technology plays uh, in your life and in your work and also how nature plays. So we'll, we'll get into it. But tell, tell us uh, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, and how you got into medicine. I grew up, it all started in Cleveland. I grew up in Cleveland, went away to college, went back to Cleveland for medical school. Then I had enough of Cleveland and headed west. Came to San Diego, was absolutely, absolutely blown away that that life could be like that is out here, that you could be outside all the time, that you could be in nature. I lived uh, by the bluffs over Black's Beach and going in the ocean. Fell in love with San Diego and then got to stay here and come here for my training in internal medicine. It's during the peak of the AIDS era. So it was sick, young people dying, super intense. And I was in love with being in San Diego. It was, I've had a great run and then I got to go be a primary care doctor. It's what I always wanted to be is kind of a, be just be there for people and uh, I got to be a primary care doctor at Scripps, major institution here in town for 17 years. Yeah. Good place, but felt completely limited in what I could give people. We, we, the world was shifting to kind of a business model in medicine, and so you had to see people fast, not get deep, just kind of give give medicines, give order tests and give medicines. So I broke free of that, and... The breaking free has been incredible for me. I'm super lucky. I'm just a regular guy. I got to work on the Dean Ornish program for reversing heart disease, which proved that heart disease, the number one killer of Americans, could actually be reversed by completely determined by your lifestyle. How you eat, move, think, relate to other people, how you use your body. And it reverses the blockages that we, I was involved in that study. It was, it was an incredible time, incredible learning experience. And from there, my life has just kept going. I, I got intolerant of being uh, held within the system. So I broke free of scripts, did a bunch of other jobs in medicine with cancer, with heart disease, with end of life. I've, I've gotten to sample it all. And it's been a super uh, incredible experience. It's almost like a dream, what I've gotten to do just being a regular doctor and 
medicine's interesting and medicine's changing and it's a really fun world and it's fun to see people get well. It's fun to see people reverse their disease. That's what I learned in the Dean Ornish program is that heart disease is reversible. And what we do in my work, which is called Pacific Pearl in La Jolla, <clears throat> I work with a cardiologist and naturopaths and osteopaths and acupuncturists and psychologists. We have a, it's a whole team approach and yeah, it's not just heart disease. It can be reversed. Everything can be reversed and super fun to watch that and be participate in it and help people do that. So it's been a treat. And then I, just as my hobby, I do end of life work, which I do that hospice. And now we have assisted dying in California, get to be involved in that too, which is a, a remarkable movement. Right. So I've had a nice career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a really, I think, a lot of different things you've been working on, you know? So it sounds like, yeah, you had your, your time in the system uh, and seeing patients, you know, having your, whatever, 12 minutes to see people and I, and, and made some shifts because of that. And it sounds like now at, at Pacific Pearl, you're able to give people the sort of care and attention that they really need to, to thrive and, and do well. It's really cool. It really is. It's, it's kind of like nature unplugged. This is medicine unplugged and we get to do it our own way and there's really no rules and it makes for a wide open playing field and it's it really is fun and good for the patients. Yeah. People like coming to us. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, so we're all about helping people cultivate wellness with technology and wellness with nature. And so I wanted to ask, you know, in your career, when did you when did you start being a when did you become a doctor? How long? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. I came yeah. came here for residency. So. Yeah. So over the course of that time, you know, we've seen the the uh, thirty years. Yeah, well, that's a long time. You know, we got the the, uh, the smartphone came comes into the picture, a whole bunch of different tech, which I'm sure there's a piece of that in the medical the medical world that makes your job a lot easier and makes. Um, there's a lot of advantages to the tech, and what we we also explore are some of the disadvantages to to wellness and people's health. That you know we're seeing people becoming more isolated and and uh, sedentary, and and some of the drawbacks to technology is. Have you seen any sort of trend in in the patients that you've seen, like with now that people are way more connected to their devices than ever before? It's it's really a double-edged sword. The technology is incredible. I, it's been great for me. Just, I mean, basically, I have 24-7 access. People can access me, which I think as a primary care doctor, access is the most important thing. So right. people can access me. So it leads to better care. I do spend way too much time on my phone. And, <laughs> and, and I think I'm not alone in that. I think a lot of people are spending way too much time with technology. So it's the gifts which there's, you know, being connected to the Library of Congress and to really all humans at all times is quite a gift. And yeah, no, I think phones and technology and, and, and uh, computers in general can be totally limiting. And, and yeah, there's, there's healing in the world that is, does not happen with technology and it does happen with nature and movement and human connection and human right. connection is not Facebook. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a huge piece, I think. And I mean, from my understanding of your practice too, you are, 
Right. A big part of what you're doing is giving people that human connection piece. And I'm wondering, yeah, like, you know, have you seen uh, ailments or an increase in like ailments or people being more isolated uh, in the last few years because of tech, in your opinion? Well, I just, I've always, even before tech, thought social isolation was the number one risk factor for disease. Mm. So not being able to connect to other people, whether it's having no friends or <clears throat> spouse passing away, these are all huge, big things for health and prediction yeah. of health. And, yeah. and I do think in the last few years, as you go around and you go out, to, I mean, I, I live over near the ocean and I go on this walk and there are people actually looking at their phones rather than the sunset and it's like <laughs> absolutely incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I think it I think it's a huge factor. Again, it can be a beautiful thing. It can yeah. be time saving. It can make you free to so you can go outside, but I think way too often people are focused on their phone and texting and 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 not and they're missing the bigger picture and the spiritual and the the human connection piece and and the movement piece so it's 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 tricky tricky to be alive right now yeah 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 he's i mean i'm really fascinated about this the human connection piece and it seems like that i mean i've known you for a while so i kind of know this but to that to our listeners uh it seems like that's a driver for you right um are, is there anything that you would do you do you recommend people to do any particular types of uh, practices or anything to increase human connection? Or is it just, you know, spend more time with other humans face to face? You know, that is... You don't really prescribe. I don't know if you prescribe stuff. Or... <laughs> I, I, I try to promote that and bring that to people as part of their, their prescription, whether it's supplements or food or movement and exercise. But yeah, no, I think human connection... I think it's important for everybody, but it's super important when you're sick. Yeah. And I think isolation goes to new levels and people get caught in their head and and lose and when you're sick there's less touch and the touch uh, verbal touch as well as physical touch, all those things, I think it multiplies and it has giant effects on our on our immune system. And people know about this. We know the science of it. It's been proven for years, psychoneuroimmunology and how our mind and our thoughts and our feeling of connection translates into f our immune system being stronger, our you know, our in anyway, multiple physiologic things change when we feel connected and feel good inside. Yeah. And and it's I think we're just learning, even though we've been talking about it for a few decades, learning how exactly how important it is and how can we actually activate it and, and make it an ongoing practice for people because we all everybody there's this natural tendency to slip back to working too much, focusing okay. on your phone too much and yeah. and focusing and and doing tasks as opposed to enjoying the fullness and richness of life and, and the interconnection of all beings as well as as us us with with the cosmos and all those things matter and it's it's super hard to express and it, yeah it's something I get in trouble because I it almost sounds a little crazy but <laughs> anyway to me the definition of, of being well is to be connected yeah. And it's connection to self and connection to others and connection to this world. Right. So it, 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 but 
connection, I think, is a really, a really. I, I think it can be developed, and I think people need to be aware of it in order to foster it. Right. So that I, I kind of take that as my role to bring awareness to it. Yeah, I think that's a really good segue too to to talking about nature a little bit as well, and so. Uh, yeah, that's a, we're a big proponents of that as a, as a way to you know promote wellness and balance out. Um, you know, we know that tech's not going away, and to balance out our tech use, nature is a wonderful counterbalance to that. How does nature play a role in your in your life? You know, maybe personally in terms of your wellness, your well being, and then does it play a role in your professional uh, work as well? So yeah, answers yes. I mean. We're gifted out here. We get to go in the ocean, that body of water out there. Right. With yeah. who knows what the ions are or the salt. I, I don't know. Is it the salt or the lithium or the whatever? But every single time I go in the ocean, and I do like to go in the ocean. I go in the summer way more than I do in the winter. But it it, it that's an it's an incredible thing, and I don't think it's explained. And I think being in the sun is an incredible thing, and that's not explained. So nature and, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be the ocean. We are lucky around here, but there's public parks and just being in grass and trees. There's there's something that happens that I don't know if I could tell you the physiology, although I know some people could, but there's something deeply healing to being in nature. and yeah. And... And again, technology is a beautiful thing, but the ideal use of technology seems to be to be efficient so you can spend more time in nature. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so there, there are doctors out there now prescribing, have you heard about this, prescribing nature as a, like a, uh, like a medicine, you know, mm-hmm. prescription, vitamin N prescription, you know, mm-hmm. nature. Uh, any thoughts about that? Or have you, have you, have, would you do something like that? Or have you done that? Or is it? I mean, we have a where I work. We have a Friday morning walk, which is a couple miles along the ocean. I frequently walk with patients, go outside and walk and talk. Same as a you know, just as an appointment. But yeah, and and look at the ocean and see the ocean as part of the treatment. Anyway, I I do think that works, and I do think it would. I recommend it to people. It's you know. Right, it's not just about the prescription and the medicines. It really, nature is a prescription. It, it, it is a path to getting well and reconnection with the, the spiritual parts of nature and just the beauty and the ability to move outside that just doesn't happen inside. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's all quite healing. Do you, you know, we're, we're kind of speaking, it's a sunny day and it's, you know, mid-February, it's a sunny day in San Diego, Southern California. Any advice, recommendations for folks like, let's say, in your in your hometown? Like, what do you what do you do in Cleveland in the winter? Do you just got to get nuts and get out there in the cold, or there's probably ways to? I mean, I think you got to adapt. I remember those Cleveland winters, and yeah, you got to work out inside because I, I, or at least I did, because it's cold and it's icy and it's wet. So, and I do think it's important for those people to work out. Yeah, and and I don't know what the end. I mean, I, there's so much. Just today here, it's you know it's sixty five degrees and sunny. I I think just being in in the sun and that releases chemicals and it's not just vitamin D. That's just an oversimplification. There's so many good chemical chemicals 
released by being in the sun and so again we don't know the the mechanisms but there it's a powerful agent that nature thing yeah yeah and this is interesting right the sun piece because because i think you know we hear right skin cancer you got to cover up you got to say you know sunscreen hat sunglasses all the whole deal and i think if i'm hearing you correctly you can take that too far right like there's I know for me, I, I kind of like will overprotect from time to time, but I know I feel much better when I'm, you know, exposed in a, you know, in a safe way. You know, I'm a little radical in this one and you, you can edit this out, but yeah. I think sunscreen's kind of right up there with Coca-Cola and cigarettes. <laughs> so, and, Edgy. And, I, and I'm sure there are some good healthy sunscreens, but when things have 30 ingredients and they're all longer than you can pronounce... It just doesn't seem right. And and so, yeah, no, I, I don't believe in sunscreen a lot. Maybe on this highly exposed areas, forehead, nose, all those kind of things, maybe. I don't do that. But I think, I think the skin is the portal to a lot of gifts from above, yeah. from wherever you think, whatever is above. But it, it, the sun is a powerful thing, and I, I, I like to be with a I think I understand covering up high risk areas and I think it's really good for people's skin to see some light whether it's cloudy light or some light every day and using your back or your legs that might be the better way to do it right and there's there's a lot of sunscreens now or that are just now coming out that are a bit more sure uh organic like, you know words that you can pronounce you know zinc and some other right. stuff but right but yeah no that's, I think that's a really good point and something that is it is it really helpful to to share and talk yeah, about there's yeah there's a lot out there in the the natural world yeah uh i want to shift it a little bit if you're i want to talk more about your work in hospice so i know this is something that really fascinates me and it's something we've talked about in previous podcasts actually a kind of a tip we, we offer tips and tools for you know uh, working well with technology right one was to remember that we're all going to die someday. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, I know it's a big, it's a big help if I'm, you know, just in a Netflix vortex or scrolling on social media or something like that to, to question, you know, is this really how I want to be spending my precious time? Uh, and so tell us a little bit about, you mentioned at the beginning, but you've been doing, how long have you been doing hospice work? And, and you know, can you share about that? I... Again, I, I did my training at UCSD in the, in the uh, late 80s, early 90s when people were dying of AIDS. So And there were young people dying. So I got super interested in it. And I didn't want to run away from it. And I didn't want to medicalize it because we weren't doing very well doing the medicine. We could treat acute infections, but they'd be back the next week. So I learned about dying early. And I actually... It's been a big part of my life, and I really care about people dying well, not medically, not outside the hospital, with peace. I think it is something that people can learn how to do, and I think it starts actually early in life. And it's you mentioned the practices I do, and part of it, one of the practices I do, and I do it pretty often, is just looking over my left shoulder and knowing that death could be over there and it could be any day because that is the gift of being a doctor is you see people all of a sudden everything was going well and then all of a sudden they're sick and they die and so it does happen and it's gonna dying happens to everybody and 
to me it's 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 not it doesn't have to be bad it doesn't have to be scary it doesn't have to be a loss of control if if it's worked worked on talked about written down what you want i believe people can be in control and it's and of course there's a loss of control but it's a combination of being in control while you're losing control and so I, I believe a good end of life, just like a good regular life, can be thought up, created, and supported. And I think writing it down is important. One of my favorite things is a website called mydirectives.com. And it's not just an advanced directive. Do you want to be on a ventilator or have CPR? It's how do you want to, where do you want the end of your life to be? How would you like it to be? Who would you like to be there? What experience do you want to have? Just like when you're going out on a weekend day and having a Saturday, it, 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 you can plan the end of your life. I've done it with several patients. I did it with, Lu I worked with Louise Hay, the leader of the self-help movement, and she planned the end of her life and it was totally peaceful. So I guess I've seen really good things and I, I always hold that as a possibility. And again, I don't, it's not about focusing on end of life, it's because it, when you're not afraid of end of life, then you're not afraid of regular life, right. and you're really free to live. Yeah, well, well said. And are there any particular? I know you mentioned that it's a regular practice of you to kind of to be aware of your mortality. Mm -hmm. Are there any, um, you know, insights, uh, lessons, anything that you've, anything else that you've taken away from your work working with people who are who are dying that mm -hmm. can can benefit us? still around talking talking to people who are at the end of life which a lot of times I think the natural tendency is for people is to run away but in my life I've gotten had to go toward it and not had to but that was my job and with hospice and now with assisted dying so people can actually choose when they die and one of the things I do in my role and I I I just am I'm one of the deciders if it's okay and if it's medically appropriate for people to end their life with assisted dying. But I have conversations with them and, and ask them what, you know, now that they're a couple days away from dying, what did they learn? What did they, what, did, what are the, what are their conclusions? And it's a phenomenal conversation. Those are really the best visits I've ever had and I cherish them every time because it's people who are conscious, conscious, looking back on their whole life, a little bit scared about the future or not, and, but basically open on what this entire life brought them. Yeah. It's, it's, so I recommend sitting with people, sitting with older people, sitting with people who are near dying. I think there's, there's never anything more that can be learned. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's a really good point. And I think about in our in our current society, the I just this this image came to my mind of a bunch of kids in a family, different generations, kids and you know middle aged people and old people. Kids are all on their their devices, and the old people are kind of shut away, you know. And this is a I think a major missed opportunity mm. in our society not tapping into those lessons, right? And I and I wanted to ask, are there any you know without naming people's names or anything, any particular um, 
lessons that that come to mind uh, in terms of when people shared like their big takeaways looking back on life mm-hmm. it almost sounds kind of trite but everybody you know everybody knows <laughs> yeah it's right. not about money it never was about money and right it's always about relationship it's always about the lessons of love and when right when you turned on yourself and how could you be anyway so yeah i think the lessons are really pretty interesting and and the the conclusions at the end it's always i believe that it's this incredible time where people are just drop into being completely real yeah and be completely open because there's nothing left to pretend for and i think that's what people say is that they wish they did that more Mm. they were just completely open they didn't they were able to let go they were able to forgive they were able to connect and and those were the best times and so i think it's regrets about the when you didn't healing relationships before the end of life it's is the most important thing yeah old you know scarred relationships and those are beautiful things and i think it opens up giant spaces inside people that's pretty amazing i like that yeah forgiveness you know i think that was jesus jesus's thing and uh, it, it really i mean eating vegetables is good and exercise is good but forgiveness is about 20 steps up of the ladder <laughs> That's a lesson I have. Yeah, that's beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I think that that is right. It's it's such an important piece again for me personally, and I think could be it's particularly for young people who are spending a lot of time in a virtual world, mm-hmm. right, um, on social media, where the whole premise, or the whole point of it, basically, or it's all about like putting up, put it on this front of, it's just not a real. Thing. you know it's it's like this is what i want to show the world this is you know me eating a wonderful meal me on a vacation and it sounds like to me the way i look at social media is a lot of, is the opposite of the way you described the recommendation from the dying people which is to drop the the bullshit it it all goes away yeah it really is the great equalizer it does all go away and so that technique at least for me that's looking over my left shoulder and thinking oh that could be i could be that person leaving and what do i want to do today yeah i think that's a powerful tool totally i love it thank you mark thank you i appreciate it and i want to um i just want to ask uh do you have any particular recommendations um i'm thinking for our listeners out there practical um any practical tips or advice on, uh, we touched on a lot of this stuff, but on um, living well with, with technology and connecting with nature, anything, anything in particular that you'd like to share? I don't want to be anti-technology because technology can yeah. be incredible. For sure. Sending a nice text and sending emojis, it's really a real thing and it connects way more than words do. So there's that. And so I, I think that's the beauty of today is we get to have that. You can connect with a lot of people, people in other countries, people in other states, your family all the time. That's a nice thing. And 
there still is nothing like looking somebody in the eyes and truly connecting and yeah. truly thinking about them being in their shoes, letting that them be in your shoes. It's so it's a golden time and it's it's finding the right balance because right. I am not the anti-technology guy. I'm so entrenched in technology at work and over my head and all that. But so technology is it's a beautiful gift and ah oh, letting it go yeah is what makes life meaningful well said i appreciate it uh dr kalina how can people uh find out more about your practice or or get in touch with you if you want to if you want to offer that right so i work at a place called pacific pearl it's in uh la jolla down at wind and sea beach and Anyway, it's a it's an integrative clinic. We have an osteopath, we have a psychologist, we have na- two naturopaths, three naturopaths. We have a cardiologist who does intervent has done interventional cardiology. We really have everything. Uh, it's a really nice place. We have a good website, so look up Pacific Pearl, and uh, you know follow the integrative medicine movement because the world's changing. Medicine is not staying at, at where it was, although sometimes it, it makes me crazy and it does seem like it is. But integrative medicine is changing things. That's the way of the world. We're integrating mind, body, spirit, technology, everything. And, and uh, it's a movement and it's going fast. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the Nature Unplugged podcast, Dr. Kalina. We really appreciate you being here. Great pleasure. Yeah, love the concept of Nature Unplugged. Awesome. All right, thanks so much for listening to the Nature Unplugged podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. You can also find our episodes on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Be sure and check out www.natureunplugged.com for more information and resources. And you can also connect with us directly from our site. Uh, We'd also love to know uh, if you have any potential guests for our show. We'd love to hear about that and close it with this. Remember, look at each day as an opportunity to connect with nature and find a better balance with the tech in your life. Join the Nature Unplugged movement. We will catch you next time. Don't want to know if you're leaving, if you can't decide.